I love you. Oh, welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I am the Green Traveler from Borsh. That's with an X. Yes, it is. And I am I the Faceless Leon. And uh, yesterday I said I was the sex... Not yesterday, the last episode, rather. I said that I was the sexiest experiment on Earth. And then I remembered that Jeff Goldblum was in the fly, so... Right. I can't claim I that. said it was questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't claim it. He won. Yep. So That's this is fair. a podcast about movies and TV, and it's called Green mm. and Faces on the Couch. Welcome. 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 To the couch. We're here. We're, we're here. We're queer. We're, we're, we're we are. To... And we're proud. We're proud of being queer. And Today Man, I was trying to think of another rhyme, but I couldn't come up with one. On uh, we're proud to, um, I don't know, beer. Dang it! So proud we'll drink beer. We're proud to beer. Oh, okay. We're proud to drink beer. Merck, Merck, Merck has got them like gays guns. real good. <laughs> we got guns. We got beer. We got gays. Oh, that's America. Okay, well, we uh, are doing a period piece. Bald eagle sound. (laughs) 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 So we're doing a period piece genre smackdown that uh, I proposed just because I felt like these stories were uh, a little bit similar uh, based on what I knew about them. They're both about a, a woman character in a period where women have very little agency fighting very hard to be themselves yes and from that standpoint i really enjoyed them mm-hmm. from the standpoint of the movies themselves we'll get into it <laughs> <laughs> well this is a it's critique show. i will say i will say that up front i have adhd i mean a lot of us do you do mm-hmm. like a lot of us do um and my adhd for these movies i mean i was also caring for a very sick dog at the time right um very distracting. there was a lot of a lot of uh a, a lot of things coming out that shouldn't have been right and things it was it was very scary for some time and i literally thought for one day that she wasn't going to make it through the day yeah uh, she's still here she's yeah. happy you might hear her whine in the background later in the episode uh but yeah my my brain was in a I thousand different places say a how about your pride earlier this morning oh yeah yeah i mean i could i can go into that she finally had a solid stool it was a good bowel movement oh i was so proud it's been nine days nine days since she's had a a solid stool and two days since she's had yeah two days since she's even pooped at all because she she held a lot in for two whole days when once it cleared up right which you know I expected at, at least one day of doing that. Right. She normally does. Sorry to get so technical about my dog's anus, but you know how it goes. Yes. Uh, yes. But yeah, she finally she finally went to the bathroom, and it was a, a pleasant. You know, it was it was a good surprise. I was outside of a hotel at six a.m. and I was screaming. I was so happy, <laughs> and I'm sorry to all the people if, if there's any listeners in that hotel, which I highly doubt. But if there are, I'm so sorry if I woke you up. But I was very happy that this happened. <laughs> That story is just so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could see me, I was just like, yes! Yes! Fuck yeah! <laughs> My dog was scared. She, 
<laughs> poor, poor Zelda's like looking at me trying to squeeze off a turd. She's like, what's <laughs> happening? You're like, why are you screaming? Oh, that's such a, uh, I feel so bad relaying a poop story in this episode. I'm right, sorry. In it's the not, first five it's minutes. It's not a good too. quality. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> we'll bring it back to movie reviews. Uh, oh, another but, reason. Yeah, all, what I was saying, oh. what I was saying was that my, with my dog being sick, I was going through a lot of, like, my brain was in a thousand places, and so ADHD was very bad trying to watch both of these movies, and neither one of them grabbed my attention. I respected them for what they were saying. I liked the messages. But this episode is going to be a lot of you and less of me, because I'm getting it all out of the way now, I guess, because I just... I wasn't grabbed by either of them, and it was really sad. Well, I am sad, too, because I quite enjoyed both of them uh i'm not gonna say that either is like a spectacular specimen of cinema uh but i did enjoy both of them i and my wife are very drawn to period pieces and it's something that we enjoy together so uh maybe that's why it's just more my cup of tea than it was yours and that's fine yeah, <clears throat> that's yeah, what I enjoy period are. pieces, but I like them when they go above and beyond. Like you know, you like, like them the when they have war the in them. I know. Yeah. Well, no, not <laughs> not war. I mean, like I do like some good war movies, but like The Lighthouse, The Witch. Oh, like yeah. I mean, I know that's just Robert Eggers, but like he puts so much thought and detail into right. all of his period yeah. pieces. Where I feel like most period piece movies are. This is what it looked like. It's nice and shiny. Look at the nice, beautiful clothing they're wearing. You know, it's just like, it's not always royalty. Sometimes you do see right. the, 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 uh, the, the plebs, the, <laughs> the, the, the regular people in their, in their dirtier clothes and everything. And like, you know, I feel like, I feel like there's always effort that goes into period pieces. Right. But nobody goes above and beyond. They just like, they go for the clothing, the costume design, and yeah, some of the production design. It does seem like costume is one of the most important elements to a, a period piece. Yeah. And that might be uh, partially my draw to it. I think I just like anything that does not speak to the modern setting it does not necessarily yeah. have to be a period piece. Like, I love fantasy and sci-fi uh you know i just anything that is other than here because when i'm watching something i am doing it to escape the modernity of my life (laughs) (laughs) amen amen no it's i I get you i i do like like that's not to say i don't love costume design because i i get so deep into costume i fucking love it yeah but it's just like i i really 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 enjoy the period pieces that go so far as to even look focus on dialect and and oh yeah language you're right which that's above and beyond you know the witch the witch and and the lighthouse those movies they they like robert eggers researched how all of that would be and he got a very period accurate and all that kind of stuff whereas both of these films they're just speaking regular english with slang like right especially i mean there's not much slang in the girl king but yeah there is definitely some anachronism anachronisms going on in in the yeah, it's, it, it gets a little weird at times, but it's fine. But like, the weirdest part in The Girl King, though, like, because there is focus on, you know, it, it, it does feel very uh, Swedish. 
you know, it feels like, yeah. you know, it's in that location, all that kind of stuff. But obviously they're speaking English. Right. But the weirdest part, I do. the weirdest part was when, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> this guy who is trying to court, I don't remember which guy it was, but he's trying to court, um, Christina. Is that her name? Christina. Yeah. Christina, the queen of Sweden. Um, you know, he's picking up books. She's a very learned lady. We'll, we're going to talk this movie later. I just wanted to get this right. out of the way because it's in my head. But, like, he's picking up books, and he, like, flips to one. He's like, oh, this is in French. Can't read that. <laughs> Puts it down. He picks it up. Spanish. Okay. Puts that one down. And he, like, picks up another one. And then, like, finally, he on the fourth one, he opens up. He's like, ah, our language. And I'm just like, are you not going to say Swedish? Are you not going to say English? Like, because which one are you recognizing as our language? There, yeah. There, it was a Swedish book, I'll say. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just but, wish he had said, ah, uh, Swedish. To uh, tell you a little, the, the one thing that is on Wikipedia about this movie is that uh, originally it was a stage play in Montreal in French uh, called uh, Christine Le Rit. I don't know. French, Garçon. Yes. Uh, that literally translates to the girl, Christine, the girl king. Um, <clears throat> well, literally, it's the king girl. Uh, but if that doesn't matter. You oh, know yeah. it. And anyhow, they did it in English. And this is the film. So it's actually a, a Canadian yeah, production. Interesting. Yeah. Was it? I wonder if this movie, if that movie was out of. Uh, yeah, I guess it was all. All of them were involved, man. Or maybe that was just where they filmed. I don't know, but like um, Finland, Canada, Sweden, Germany, and France. Wow, is international production then? That's pretty cool. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I love that. But show. yeah, there's definitely if you uh, watched the credits, a lot of uh, you know Canadian groups and stuff. So it's pretty nice. Pretty Canadian. Uh, but the Very actor, I guess, kind of talking about Christina, I, I meant to talk about the other movie first. Let's do, let's do that yeah, still. I, I, I derailed us. Let's do that still. Let's jump into Catherine Called Birdie. Um, this yeah. is a fiction. So this is like super, very superficially a genre smackdown. The genre is yeah. period piece. And when you do when you do that, there's so many fucking periods out there. These aren't even close to the same period. I would say, um, yeah, they're not the same period. Maybe like woman power period piece. There you go. There you go. Uh, but this one is definitely like more of a teen comedy t- uh, type movie. Yeah, uh, and it is based, based off in a, a book also. The, based off of a book. That's right. Uh, let's see what the book is called. The same also, name by the, Karen yeah, Cushman, and that came out in the nineties. Uh, and you know, I oh, think wow. I would be kind of interested in reading it because, it, like, right. I, I don't know if it's a novel for children, but it would be interesting to get Birdie's yeah. perspective with a more prose feel. Yeah, it is a children's novel, but at the same time, I feel like that would be an interesting read myself. Be, uh, like, I feel like I would enjoy, have enjoyed this more as a as a kid reading this book, maybe, as opposed to watching this movie. Because I'm admitting up front that like the problem with with these movies was me. Like, I I wasn't in the right mindset for both of them, and and they have good messages, but I just 
Right. They couldn't grab my attention. Well, that still informs your opinion, and that's fine. Um, Yes, this is a teen, I would say a teen comedy, while the other one is very strictly like a biopic with a little bit of uh, LGBT uh, Q action going yeah. on, and that's the reason why, why we're, we picked these two movies too. I, it's maybe a bit of a stretch, but the girl Qu- King is definitely in that vein. But uh, Catherine called Birdie is not necessarily. However, no. uh, Bella Ramsey is gender non-binary, and we want to celebrate them. And uh, yeah, and. I, I also really admire their work so far, and I'm very excited to see what they do in the future. I think they're very talented. So <clears throat> they are the main character, this Catherine, who is called Little Bird or Birdie. And she lives in Lincolnshire, where her father is a lord named Rolo. And Rolo, <laughs> Rolo. <laughs> is played by Andrew Scott. And, Sherlock's uh, Moriarty. That's right. And he also is married to Billy Piper. Uh, la- yeah. Lady Aslan, I believe, who is Catherine's yeah, mother. Either that or Aislin. Uh, yeah. And of course, Billy Piper, as we all know, was Rose from Doctor that's Who. That's right. The first companion and the reboot. Or not the reboot, but the, you know, the, the, the newer, return. The modern Who. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. New Who. New Who. She looks like Billy Piper. I was thinking about, I was thinking about New Who in the way that it's coming back, not this year, but next year, right? And yeah. It is kind of like a soft reboot with Shooty. Uh, kind of, that's true. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it. you know, it's Doctor Who, so it's always a reboot. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you got you got Russell T. Davies coming back, so it just feels like even more of a right. uh, another reboot. Right. Because he's coming back to, like, reboot the show exactly. again. Yeah. Well, after the many it. years that they hopefully give Chudigawa, I hope, I have a a little pinch of hope that maybe Bella Ramsey will be our first gender non-binary doctor. That'd be very interesting. I think they would really Are work. they... They're British? English. Yeah, they're English. I'm pretty sure. Where in England? That's really what matters. Oh, Nottingham! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I don't about know. those Nottinghamians. We've never had a Nottingham doctor. That would be what? interesting. That would be interesting. I think sh- I think they I'm would down. really work. They like they have yeah. the, w- one time on the red carpet their look. I was like, "Oh, that's totally a Doctor Who look." It was like yeah, I would actually time. enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I think that'd be pretty cool. I'm very excited for Shooty. I am. They too. just did a Vogue yeah. a Vogue shoot. I saw it. Go look up Shooty Gatwa's Vogue shoot. It's, it's very good. hot. I'm very, I'm like, this is the sexiest doctor we've ever fucking oh, had. I'm just like, I, sure. I am so excited Second for it. Second is I'm most so definitely David Tennant. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, obviously yeah. David Tennant, but like, oh my god, she. <laughs> yeah, he's. And he said, he's also said it's going to be the gayest doctor, so I'm like, yes, give it to me. <laughs> it's going to be good. All new, all different. Excellent. So excited. Um. Okay, so, anyhow, this but movie. Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey is playing birdie and 
she is just at the age uh 14 where you know women start to have their period and it happens to her and uh you know she's worried she's dying and she yeah. tells her nursemaid um uh Morwina played by Leslie Sharp and she's like oh that 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 I surprised you didn't know that nobody ever told you anything about this but that is you know it's going to happen once a month and it's yeah. here's what you do and she also overhears that her father plans to marry her off because they are in desperate needs of money because he was a little too yeah. frivolous uh with yeah, back at this time period money. whatever what year was it again? 13th it's uh, 13th century, so the, century, so the 1200s. 1200s in England. Ugh. Um, that always hurts my head. Yeah, I know. It's that's. So I stupid. I totally understand. I it, get but it. At the same yes, time, it's just because like, the oh. first century is the first. Century. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's right. still not the first century because people existed for Lord knows how long before that. <laughs> right. First century after Christ. After in Christ. In modern era. Okay. Sorry. Uh, off that Before common era. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, we should start over with uh with be, uh years. We should we should we should have we should have an endpoint and just start from one. You know, it's just that's like fair. You know, we'll call that the, the new common we'll have, era. We'll have before NCE. common era, we'll have before modern era, and now we're in the modern era, you know. Like Well well, yeah. I think it would be before common era, new common era, common era, and maybe new common era, yeah. And then new it would have era. to change new common era. What? <laughs> My brain. Yes. Okay. Stop. Two thousand years me. is a good enough time for an era. That's true. That is true. Uh, but however, the other era is like. Almost twenty, as far as we know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very long, but I mean, how many of that was with humans? I mean, come on. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That's the part I'm talking about with humans. Okay. Anyway, only like sixty thousand years. <laughs> I said. Oh, I said twenty thousand. Yeah, which was less. okay. We have a good rough estimate. <laughs> I'm interested. After this, we'll look it up and see who was close. Okay, all right. So I feel like good. we were both shooting very long there. That's really I, nice. I, I, yes, <laughs> because you know we're get, having new discoveries every day, like Gobekli Tepe, all right, and uh, other things that are much older than. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry Tepe. for some of our listeners. Obviously, it's only six thousand years old. Like obviously. that's right, the whole Earth. Um, for some, <clears> of you. for some of you, Billy Piper. <laughs> Is having babies left and right, and it's almost killing her. It's definitely killing the babies, and um, Lady Catherine Birdie is very upset about that. Um, yeah, she, she's kind of scared. Yeah, she thinks yeah. that her father is being a proud, a proud man by f forcing her to do so, even though you know they're they're probably just having sex, and yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. They're probably attracted to each other. They're probably attracted to it. But she like almost walks in on them a couple times. Like she's like, Are you hurting mom? I think she even does that classic trope thing where she walks in on them. Yeah. Anyways, there's Rolo, a lot of a lot of tropes in this. Th that's definitely true. Rolo wants to marry her off and 
she is hiding the fact that she's bleeding because she knows by from what Morrowind has told her, that is the sign that you can become a wife or bear children. And right. uh, so she hides that by stuffing her rags under the boards of the the <laughs> outhouse, which I never quite understood. Like It'd cover up the smell. Yeah. Uh, I guess so, but like I don't know why they didn't just go down the outhouse thing. Like, isn't it just a hole? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be less <laughs> obvious? I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. It's true though. Uh also like no, was- uh how'd they get all that cloth? It seems like a lot of cloth, but they are a nobo- nobility and it's just a comedy and i shouldn't worry about it um <laughs> right and i have a lot of cloth on standby you know no but like that was the sad like that's part of the like the big crux of the story is that you know it's the 1200s and that's and, and that's these, the way of things in this society's mind that's what you know that's what once women were of bearing age marry them off that's right and, and you know collect so- the dowry one way that she found this out is that Russell Brand had a cameo as a suitor ah, for yes. Kent. And uh, she he said, I'm here to ask Lady Catherine for her hand. And she was hanging out with her friend, who happens to be a peasant in the area named Perkin, played by uh, Michael Wolfitt. And nice. uh, he's a goat herd. And they're best friends. And they both are like, well, Catherine is like this idiot, hug- ugly monster. You don't want to marry her. And so that <laughs> becomes the thing of the movie. And one reason why this movie I thought probably wouldn't grab you is that the next sequence of events is almost like a montage of her sending yeah. away the suitors one at a time, coming up with different ways. I, think, I honestly think that's when I turned on the video game that I started playing. <laughs> And that's fair. To me, I thought it was fun because I got to, because I really feel like they let Bella Ramsey decide a lot of the things that they were going to do for yeah. these scenes. And uh, it was really funny. Uh, there was one time where I thought maybe they were making a racial reference because this um, suitor who may have been like Mongolian or Chinese, I'm not sure. Uh, he was there and she was like, had her face all painted up and stuff. I was like, uh, yeah, (laughs) not so sure about that one. But all in all, I thought the things that she did to get out of these situations were rather clever. And eventually she realizes that for the sake of the family, it is her duty to do this, to save the family. Yeah. And that I felt like was kind of a problematic message at first for today's audience. Uh, but however, now she's, you know, willing to go along with it. And then her dad announces that uh, Lady Aslan is pregnant and she gets yeah. upset and blows that opportunity as well. No, actually, she doesn't because it's with Shaggy Beard, who is oh, yeah. uh, also n- named. Sir John Henry Mergal, 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 the seventh. Mergal. And this is played by uh, Paul Kay. 
and uh, he's an English comedian. He also was in Game of Thrones. Um, oh, as who? As who? As who? The the priest to the to the re- the the red. Oh, the Thors of Mir. Yes, where Ooh. is it? The one with the flame the blade. Thoris, is cool. Thoris of Mir. Yes, the guy. Uh, he well, he doesn't. That is not who he, I would have imagined. He actually doesn't have the flame blade. That was the other guy, but he, for some reason, has the gift of bringing people back from the dead. At least in the show, right? No, he would. There's a lot of people with flame blades in the okay. in the books. Um, he is the one that p- most people know because he would always ride into tourneys with a, a blade on fire. And um, I, I think once the war starts, I don't think he has a, a, a blade on fire anymore. But like that's huh. that's what he was known for before before the big events. I gotcha. Uh, the events that are in the past uh, of w- where the books start. We're not here to talk about right. Game of Thrones. We're not. But this movie <laughs> does have a lot of like uh, very popular English actors. You know, it's got David Bradley, also from Doctor Who. Uh, he plays, you know, he replays the first Doctor. That's right. Ralph Innocent, mm-hmm. also from not Doctor Who, but The Witch. That, uh, that's I, right. I can't remember if I was talking. I think that was before. We were talking to The Witch was it, today. Oh, it, what, what, was it on recording or was it I think it recording? was. Oh, my brain Maybe is Maybe it wasn't. Anyways, he was in... He's the basically the main character besides Anya Taylor-Joy in that. Right. Yeah, he's the he's the father of that. So he's really good in the period piece yes. because he's... Oh, the Green Knight know, more recently. The Green... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot he was in that. Yeah. But no, he's like... He's so good at just dipping into these period pieces. But like, there's so many good actors. Right. Even... Uh, oh... What's I can't remember her name right now. It's it's Sophie Okonedo. Um, she plays a, a wealthy yes. widow who marries George. Uh, yes, that's um, the right. George is uh, Bertie's mom's brother, Uncle George, and she's in love with him. In fact, she even says at one point, uh, "Why couldn't he have been my first cousin <laughs> instead of my uncle, <laughs> so that they could get married instead of her having to." Uh, force these suitors away but anyways he for all all i wanted to say about sophie though was that she's also a doctor who (laughs) (laughs) she's in like uh, two episodes i don't know uh but she uh plays ethel fritha rose yeah splinter (laughs) of devon yeah devon 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 what Devin. a yeah i don't know i think it's called Devin. maybe it's an american thing to call it Devin. it's actually devon who knows <laughs> uh but she's a widow and she's wealthy and she marries george uh for you know and he goes along with it for similar reasons did you say george was joe allen no i didn't is he also in well, Doctor that's yeah no he's not but he was dating taylor swift for a while okay. and she just broke up with him so <laughs> sorry joe (laughs) sorry joe we are sorry he does have a pretty face um anyhow yeah uh she's like i didn't expect to like this woman but she does really like him and that's like like the one maybe queer scene in the show when rose splinter tries to coax birdie 
to go away with her to like go see the world together uh yeah yeah she was being kind of creepy in that scene uh but it was well <laughs> i would say well acted uh, but i do think we can move on to closing statement statements about Catherine about birdie um yeah i think i'll go ahead and start uh i give it i give it a full face i enjoyed watching it uh for some people i know you especially have trouble with uh having modern tunes over a period piece like this uh this bothered it kind of bothered me in this one uh it being there and you know there could there i feel like this had a lot of potential and could have been better um that's what i'll say about it but i i did enjoy watching it with my wife i enjoyed bella ramsey's performance and really most of everybody's performances was great there just could have been more story. Yeah. I, I, I myself felt like everything was textbook. It yeah. felt very, it, um, it, it's nothing new. It, it takes a, it takes a lot of other stories and does the exact same thing. Like all of the, all of the story beats are kind of mundane routine, but then again, it's for teenagers. Right. It, or at least it feels like that. Right. In which case, you kind of want to just follow the ground, the groundwork, the foundation. Like you don't like. I mean, you can you can stir it up and like w- completely wow some teenagers with some great movies. Um, but at the same time, if, if your sole audience is teenagers like this, and you know it's it's fine. It, it, it is a fine film. I give it two and a half stars. Uh, I thought it, it was very well acted in regards to like all the cast. It had a you know big cast. Yeah. I, I just I was I was just disappointed because it's like was such a cool, awesome big cast. I felt like it should have been more grabbed. It could have been more, but like it could have been. Yeah, and I love more. Bella Ramsey. I mean, yeah. I've only seen them in The Last of Us, but still, like, great and yeah, really and awesome. That, and that yeah. like you can really tell how that performance grew from this. Like, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of fun in Ellie. I believe that's the character's name in yep. Last of Us. Yep. Um, and Birdie is all about fun, and it's it's yeah, it's great. And and my first view of them was in Game of Thrones as the young lady Mormont, and ooh, and that's a completely different role. So they have a lot of range and I'm very excited to see where Bella Ramsey goes. Yeah. Straight to Dr. Who straight to Dr. Who <laughs> in, in seven years. I want in seven Chudy years. To be there. I am yeah. totally with you. Give Chudy a very yeah. nice long run. Uh, you know, yeah, I honestly, I want them like, to break the three year thing. Yeah. I'm getting so tired of the three year role. Like, no, right. I want you to stick around. Damn it. Yeah, like be qual have the show be quality enough that we want the character to stay around. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, I get it from an actor standpoint too. You don't want to get bogged down in a role for that long, but it's such a fun role. It seems. Yeah, it does seem like it. So let's take a soda pop. Let's break. Take a soda pop break. We'll be back. I'm sorry that I've derailed us a thousand fucking times. That is okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Oh my god. Greg? You're invisible. You're invisible. Oh my god.
It's even cooler. I'm just slow. Oh my oh. god, hi. Flash's greatest <laughs> villain is the turtle. <laughs> is he really? No, he. I mean, he is a villain, though. That but is he's not. Hilarious. I think he was the first villain that the Flash ever went up against because it was like super speed versus you know. You know he had like a hair. ray that slowed him down, right? Yeah, it slowed things down, including the Flash. Gotcha. But then the Flash found it within himself to you know. Uh, you know, run through the love of his friends fast. and his family, he could always run faster. Oh. Season after season after season, they finally finished it though. They did. Oh my gosh! I'm kind of I I kind of just want to go through and read the synopsis to see what happened because <laughs> right. uh, I am interested. Came up against uh, at least, yeah, right. That would be that'd be very interesting, but I don't think I can watch any more uh, of that okay. show. I, I got. CW CW'd out. also like they're ending all of it apparently, and yeah, uh, like River, apparently River Star Girl. It's called too. What's that? I think that that um, that drama River, is so Riverdale. They had. Riverdale. Yeah, the it, I think it's that's um, too, isn't it? I I don't know. It might be. I I was looking up to see if there was going to be a season four of Star Girl because. It's honestly fantastic. It's got Luke Wilson in it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, nice. yeah. And I've talked about it on the show before when I watched the yeah. first season, but another two seasons were put up on Max. Anyhow, we're watching that and I was like, man, I wonder if we should expect a fourth season. And no. And I thought maybe the answer oh. would be because of James Gunn. But no, dude. Kind of. On. In the thing that I read, the article that I read, the CW said that they are going to focus on their target audience, who they believe are 55 to 78-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be an April Fool's joke, right? Like the onion or something. That's fucking golden. <laughs> if that's true, that's so good funny. stuff. I, I I don't know if I'd be able to find it again. I don't know the exact age range, but I knew it was like upper middle aged. <laughs> yeah. He knew it was wrong. Uh, Actually, no, that guy we worked with at Target was super into the arrow. Remember that? And he was in that I age range. don't. I don't want to say his name, but he was the guy who worked at the uh, the garbage compactor okay, all okay, the time. Okay, had that I, every time he, he would come what, up to him, and be like, "Hey, Dale." To be I'll say, fair, I'll say Dale. To be fair, Dale was also into magic, Magic the Gathering, I believe, and D and D. I don't remember that, but I also never talked to him about that. I, so I bumped he's a, into he's a him a few dead times. He's a <laughs> deadhead. I'm pretty sure I bumped into him a few times at the. Um, the game store downtown. I forget what it was called. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. The one that moved. You, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Anyhow, no, I he think was, we're he was, back. He was something else. Uh, yeah, he was interesting. Uh, because, like, he always yeah, seemed we're keeping super all pissed that. off. And oh, he was always pissed off. You'd walk up to him and be like, <laughs> hey, Dale. And he'd be like, <sighs> hey. And it's just like, sorry, did I... I interrupt something or you know it's just like nope just always more garbage it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah it's 
why we have you, man. Like, <laughs> sorry. He seemed cool, though, for real. Anyways, we're back. We're talking about the Girl King now. Um, Yay. Something that I was about to say when we almost started talking about the Girl King earlier is that uh, Malin Buska, who plays Christina, the Queen of Sweden, is Swedish. So that's cool. Oh, good. Uh, uh, There are some uh, other Swedish actors uh, and some French actors, uh, but I, I, they might be French Canadian. Uh, I think believe most of the cast is Canadian. One of them was Finnish. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Finland. Do we have a listener Please in Finland? Listen. We have one download there. We'll see. One moment. We got a lot in France. We Sup, do. France? Love you. <laughs> <laughs> we do that was not a, a sardonic chuckle no it wasn't like for real like right. we, it's really it's really amazing to me when we pull up the statistics of our downloads and it's like all of them in the united states and like <laughs> half of them in france and it's yeah. like france hello france. hi guys well thanks france gals uh uh, nope. Welcome me none to your, in Finland, at least country. none in this month. Also, none in Sweden. Uh, we'll see right, if we maybe can we can change then. that. No, we're, ta- we're doing a movie about them. They might be like, hey, they're talking about <laughs> one of our, our greatest known monarchs. Let's go listen. Rene Descartes. <laughs> <laughs> he is in this movie. Um, he is in this movie, he is played which is a surprise by, to me. Yes, he is played by Patrick uh, Bouchard. Bouchard. <laughs> <laughs> I think your pronunciation is correct. <laughs> oh, man. No, it, it was a surprise to me because I know pretty much nothing about Christine of Sweden. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about... Um, what was going on in this time period, which was very religious, um, which yes. I'm always fascinated by. I am not religious individual, but I'm always fascinated by right. how much it has consumed the the human yes. psyche. I, I am uh, I am very interested in religion, like the way that it has affected our history, our culture, and the way that people react with it is very interesting right. to me as well. Uh, Something that I found interesting in this is that you did have two, at least mentionings. The the religious aspect was a lot more potent and and important to uh, Christina than it was in uh, Catherine called Bertie. But that was so far in the past that the English were still Catholic. (laughs) And And in this movie, it is the Lutherans. Uh, against the Catholics, the the Holy Roman Empire, to be more specifically, uh, uh, that that being the Germans at the in this time period, and so that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I I, I yeah, thought, I thought that I, in the background, I was, was like really fascinated cool. that that was like because I didn't know anything about this movie going in, mm-hmm. and then going in and finding it to be like very. I mean, on the surface, it's it's all about Christina, of course, but like a lot of the stuff that's going on is so religious driven. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading that that Mist of Avalon book, um, which is the female viewpoint oh, of King right. Arthur story. Yeah. 
and it's that's also very religious driven so i've been very fascinated by that so that that immediately grasped me a little more for this movie that's good i was i was able to focus more because i i really do love it when religions fight each other it's kind of it's kind of hilarious it, especially when they're it's like not, factions really. of the same religion it's not funny you're yeah. right it's not funny because no. people fucking die but it's like yeah, it, yeah. it's it's not funny it's ridiculous that's what it is it exactly i mean i think from our modern standpoint most people will agree with us uh however i'm sure in certain regions of the world most people in those regions will disagree with us disagree (laughs) very much so (laughs) there's still a lot of a lot of very strongly religious aspect or factions that really hate other religions this is true it's just like unfortunate and it, I, yeah, it's I, like I, I get from a standpoint of like wanting to save others by converting them to your religion. I understand that that thought. Yeah. But at the same time, most modern day at least gods are you know in some way in some way preach peace. Right. And yeah. so it's like it's uh, very entertaining <laughs> to me that you have all these factions who still hate each other, but it's like, aren't you supposed to be peaceful? Like, wouldn't you just want them to just right be happy right like i don't (laughs) uh i i have i eventually i would love to do a history on uh on religion as in the pod in a podcast form or something yeah Uh, i don't know if i'll ever get there but there's some interesting things to say about when the europeans got their uh, got a hold of christianity a, a lot changed mm. and, and i mean post rome as well uh when, when the the germanic peoples got a yeah. hold of it they had this this warrior mentality that turned into you know the knighthood uh, situation yeah. that, it, that it, it became a tool for conquering essentially at some yeah. point well i mean even like uh, a lot of this movie uh martin luther right that was the right. um mm-hmm. protestant uh, well lutheran is the the lutheran but right. at, uh, i think at the time they were just calling themselves protestants uh however after this point a lot more factions break off uh in all different directions uh right you know so they more most specifically these are the very early lutherans Nice. Yeah. Well, it's just like, uh, even, you know, what he changed, like all the stuff that he changed and everything right. was what I was getting at was that, like, um, as you were mentioning, that, like, once they got a hold of it, like, it, there's so much change. And, and Catherine was being brought up in that religion, right? Like, that's right. what they wanted. Her father was very adamant, Gustav II. He was very adamant in trying to make Northern Europe. Uh, Protestant Lutheran. He uh, was a, a very big proponent of this war going on with the Holy Roman Empire, which is basically a whole bunch of different kingdoms that are loosely tied together. Um, <clears throat> and that's why when Christina uh, proposes to the Holy Roman Emperor, who I don't know who it was at this time, that the principalities be able to choose their own religion 
that's what uh, they were talking about. The Holy Roman Empire has several different principalities with different kings, essentially. Right. And they very loosely owe allegiance to the Holy Roman Emperor, who is appointed by the Pope. That's how, how it works. Ish. Yeah. It's different. Ish. It's like different <laughs> from Holy Roman Emperor to Holy Roman Emperor because it is such a loose thing. But it started with yeah. Charlemagne is is who it started with. Okay. That's not what we're I talking about. Name. You do know that name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I was Professor Rambling there. Uh, welcome to my class. Uh, anyhow. That's going to be a rap name. Professor, Professor Ramble. Ramble. I like that. I'm Professor Ramble. I'm here to tamble. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he dies, and uh, her mother, who I don't remember. Gustav II, that is. <laughs> Gustav II dies. That's right. Uh, not Professor uh, Ramble. He's just come into play. <laughs> Um, so Gustav II dies and Christina's mother keeps him in his, her bed for two years after he dies. And eventually the, uh, the chancellor, uh, Alex Axel, excuse me, Axel Oxenstierna, Oxenstierna, Axel, I, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say it again. Michael, uh, Oxenstierna. (laughs) Michael Nixvitz uh, plays this guy uh, very well. I recognize Michael him. I'm just Will. not really sure what from. Uh, I'm I'm sure he, he's a Swedish actor, so probably uh, he was uh, in Mission Impossible: the, the Ghost Par- Protocol. Apparently, oh, he was also in John Wick. Nice. Okay, I haven't seen that. <clears throat> but his famous film of Grabeni Graven Brigvid. <laughs> We just got canceled in Europe. Thanks. Oh, oh. well, they don't listen right now. That's all right. Uh, he was in the, um, he was Mikhail Blumvist in the, um, I think that's the girl with the dragon tattoo, oh. but the Swedish version. Okay. Yes. That uh, is what I recognize him from. That is what yeah, I recognize we, him from. I don't know why. I do remember though that we watched the Swedish versions. We, I don't remember why. Well, but at we least did. the first two. I don't think we made it to the last one. Kicks yeah. the hornet's nest. It was when we, it was around the time when we watched Let the Right One In. We were on a very big uh, um, foreign film, foreign film yeah. kick. Yeah, undergrad yeah. man makes you want to expand your mind or something. Um, it's weird. It's weird. Anyways, he basically adopts Christina because her mother isn't well enough to raise her. Uh, there's probably other political yeah. reasons while why he would want to be very close to the most powerful person by title in the world. She obviously was a child, so he acted as regent until she turned 18. She still kept him on as uh, chancellor, and uh, all of these different cousins of hers and all these different people start proposing to her almost immediately because somebody has to be the king and somebody has to uh, put an heir in her. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's really that's really that's the crazy. thing too. Is like you get you get from the very get go. I mean, one she's being raised by everybody else, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's trying to tell her what she can read, what she can't read. Like that's that's when Renee Descartes comes into play. Is like um, somebody comes in, is like you can't read this. Like right. he's he's Catholic, Catholic, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so yeah, she has to sneak that through somebody else. But um, yeah, it, it really does seem like at at the beginning, off like from the gate, that all she really is is a title. Yes. Once she's married, all of her power is gone. Right. Like, it, exactly. that's how it feels. And so she starts doing things to ensure her power. First off, by sending everyone who's a suitor that she actually cares about, because they're her family, uh, away to different stations <laughs> to uh, either be ambassadors or even go to war. And uh, while they're gone, she... Uh, makes two new friends. One is the ambassador Pierre Hector uh Chanu, um played by Hippolyte Girardot. Um and he um or it might be Gerardo. Uh, in America you say uh, Gerardo. Yeah. In America you say Gerardo, Gerardo. but I bet it's Girardot in um France. Hippolyte <laughs> I have no idea. It's I mean it's <laughs> It's a Greek word changed right? into a French name. I don't know. It's literally it's a name that I've read so many times because of Wonder Woman. Like uh, her, I think it's her mom or whatever is like Hippolyta, but like I have mm. no idea how to pronounce it. And I don't. I know they mentioned Hippolyta, it in the Wonder Woman movies. It's Hippolyta, Hippolyta. but I figured that's so, not his name. Hippolyta, maybe. She makes friends with this ambassador, and he. Um, you know, start spending some personal time with her, much to the chagrin of the chancellor. And uh, you know, they're very they're very strong allies with France because they both hate the Holy Roman Empire. However, <laughs> you know, the French are Catholic, so there is some background conspiracies going on with this ambassador, which is kind of interesting too. Uh, but he doesn't he's not really into really hurting Christina, but if he could convince her to do things in France's favor, he will. Um, <clears throat> that leads to her relationship with Renee Descartes. But the reason why this, you know, we wanted to do this this month is because she meets Countess Ebba Spare. And that is played by Sarah uh, Gaddon. Uh, and she is engaged to this man. And the first time Christina lays eyes on her, she says that she decides that she's wants to be with this woman. And so she has her become her, uh, what is the lady in waiting? And then later she gets the official title of the queen's bedfellow, which is like an older uh, title for somebody (laughs) who was warming the bed of like one of her grandfathers or something. Um, which, you know, it could have just been the same thing. It could have been a cover for him to have a part. Right. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Uh, and you know, very shortly after she gets that position, they start to make love and have this relationship. Uh, and, uh, she breaks off her engagement. However, uh, while the chancellor and 
uh, some other people. The Chancellor's son is an important character. I just remembered uh, Count uh, Johan. I'm just going to call him Count Johan. Oxenstierna. Oxenstierna. Uh, Lucas by Bryant plays this character, her cousin, who is a very strong contender for being her uh, husband. And <clears throat> he uh, finds out that this is going on, but they don't know what to do about it. Uh Oh, oh, that's right. There's that big scene because it's very... where oh, who is it? Who play? Okay, it's uh, Francois Arnaud who plays Carl Gustav uh, Casimir, uh, and that is, I think, another one of her cousins. And uh, he wanted to marry her so badly, went off to war for her, and then uh, he walks in on her making love with Ebba and that really like breaks bad everything uh, and the chancellor and the count they conspire and get Ebba to reinstate her engagement and that yeah. really just breaks uh, Christina's heart and watching what she does with that is very interesting yeah because especially also at the time is when Renee Descartes dies. Yes. Um, who had she, she had kind of grown to become friends with. So it's like her whole world falls apart there. Right. It's, it's it's pretty good acting, too, from yeah. uh, Malin Musa. I really liked uh, her performance. Yes. Yeah, she was great. I mean, especially, too, with like um, with her relationship with Ebba Spar, it, it could even feel at times forceful because she's using her power of, of queen to like get this woman to be more like closer to her yeah. like can, she continues to brew yeah. this relationship there, there kind could of thing. be some uh, like, and from the modern day lens some problematic aspects to their relationship yeah. uh and you know if it, this happened in real life because this is the part that's more speculation than it is fact uh in this movie right uh if this really did happen then it probably was the power dynamic um, more so than attraction that, that brought the woman to the yeah. bed. But in this romantic movie, in this telling of this story, um, Ebba is also very much in love with the queen. Yeah. With Christina. It's, it's a good, it's a decent, uh, right. um, I wouldn't say love story, but like... Uh, it's so it doesn't cool really feel biopic. like a, a romance at times, yeah. you know? I think it's an interesting biopic. It is kind of strange and uh, obscure. That's not a word. We're cutting that. Um, it's... <laughs> I mean, kind of obscure. I mean, just yeah, because but that's it's not a, the word uh, I was thinking of. Austere. But I don't... Austere. I'm not sure if that's mm. right either, but that is the word I was thinking of. Anyways, it, it just as Christina's reign was, it she like one of the lines that the count has at the very end, Count Johan, is that ten years of whims, uh, and you know yeah. they were the things that she wanted, the were were very progressive things that furthered yeah. Sweden and honestly made it like really helped form it very early into what the nation is today, a, a center for right. knowledge and, and, and whatnot and culture. And that's what she was interested in. That's what she wanted to propagate. 
So she built libraries and and tried to get the uh, uh, lower class people she, more educated. She wanted it to be the uh, the Athens or something of the she north, did. right? Something she like did that of your of yeah. uh, northern Europe. I think that's what you said. What yeah. she said, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's I I if we were to go into closing statements. Yeah, yeah. I honestly really like this movie. I remember really liking it as a kid, but I definitely watched it when I was a teenager for the naughty bits. (laughs) But the naughty bits aren't as naughty as I honestly remember. And I think they were honestly very tasteful. And um, uh, there honestly could have been more. To really make this an LGBTQ movie, there could have been more. I'm just slightly interested because it was only eight years ago that it came out. So was it eight? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I'm just like a teenager, huh? <laughs> someone's when did someone's I see lying this? about their age? I felt like I watched this so much longer ago, like on the i uh, the IFC channel. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, uh, I do remember that. Yeah, I swear that's why I watched it on one time late night. 2014, maybe, I'm trying to think. Maybe young you time traveled and didn't realize it. Oh my it. god. Oh my god. And you were you were like dreaming, but you were it just like... It was undergrad. <gasps> it was undergrad. So maybe yeah, I was either. just watching it. I, I mean, I'm still horny now, to be fair. But I, yeah, it's fair. I objectify women a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> How we have grown uh, as characters. We have grown. Uh, so I, I, you know, I though I still really rather liked it. Um, I give it a full face. Uh, I, uh, it was a very strange biopic that really stuck with me uh, after I watched it. I remember really enjoying it thinking that it was underrated but you know it was like an and not just for the naughty film. scene and not just for the naughty f- scene and and when i rewatch it that's such a small part of it there are other na- naughty yeah. scenes but that's such a small part of it that i feel like honestly there could be more of their relationship if they <laughs> there could be more naughty scenes <laughs> it's not that i want more naughty scenes it's that i want more of them <laughs> Because I, yeah, I feel like true. the relationship could be more earned, and then when she's ripped away, it would hurt more. However, like we said earlier, their relationship is the most speculative part of this biopic. So yeah. they can't really expand on it too much without making it less factual. So yeah, that's what I have to say about it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it in to an extent. Like um, again, it didn't really hold my attention. I was still I still got lost in the sauce and started playing games and other stuff. Um, so it's just like I did get you know I, I did lose myself a, a bit in this movie just because of like mm-hmm. the the interesting aspects that you know the religion and I, I do like the history. The the biggest prop I will give this movie is it makes me want to read a biography on her. Most um, definitely. I think I would be very more interested in, in diving into her history because it does seem like she had a very interesting life. Right. Born um, way and ahead I, of And I like time. reading biographies. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, it was the enlightenment, to be fair. So maybe she was born right on time, just not in the right location. Because she does go to to Rome, where she gets to live more free after she abdicates. Which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a very, very cool part of life to like read about. Is just like how is life with the Pope? Like that's right. You know, it doesn't seem exciting to me, but you know, for her, maybe. But that was just the the center of of science and culture of the time, and that's what she wanted to be a part of. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And she's like one of the few few women buried in the Vatican with all the popes. Right. Like, there's only three women, and she's one of them. So that's really kind of an interesting fact too. So like, there's a lot to this movie that should have gotten me excited. Um, but it just didn't feel like very, I don't know, like it's, it still didn't grasp me. I'm only giving it two and a half stars. Um, but like it, it gets a lot of props for just making me want to go out and like learn about her because it, it did a good job there in that regard. And I would say that that's what makes it the victor of these two films for me. Nice. Um, yeah, because I it made me agree. more interested in going to read that as opposed to Catherine called Broody. I don't really have much of an interest to read the book, but I think it would be interesting still. I think it like, would be better than the movie. I, I can agree with you yeah. that it is the weaker of the two films. Uh, and The Girl King, you know, I, I honestly really recommend it. Uh, because, you know, especially if you like it's period not piece. like, yeah, especially if you like period pieces. And there's, I don't, I can't think of another movie about Christina. F- right. Uh, Christina of, uh, God damn it. Christina of Sweden. Why Sweden. couldn't I remember what country? We just talked about it for like half an hour. It's because they don't listen to us. But <laughs> if you want to help Sweden get in on the action, you can go to patreon.com slash green and faceless That's right. and sign up. And the bigger we grow, the more more countries that will learn about us. And That's then Sweden right. will be like, what have we missed out on? It's right. And Sweden will be like, hey, we're sorry. You talked good about our girl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. We like her too. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they don't. Maybe I mean, they don't. you know, with yeah. all emperors, like, I mean, even her herself, you know, with all emperors, there's always a, uh, a, a downfall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where you fall out of public favor and, you know, towards the end of her reign as queen, she is the same thing. She had a bit of a downfall where, right. you know, people were like, I'm not sure about these decisions she's making. She just named her cousin her son. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, yeah, that was uh, Carl Gustav uh, Casimir. Yeah, and he becomes the next monarch. Casimir. Yeah. All right, I think that is the show. Indeed, it's been fun. Love having you all here. Thanks for being here. Uh, until next time, I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh, and I am the Faceless Leon, the stretchiest experiment on Earth. I'll keep that title. Safe travels. And good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. Or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.